Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatech compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Bring on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off The Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off The Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Where will Lane Kiffin, when it's all said and done, be remembered in the evolution of uh, college football offenses? We discussed that with Chris Landry. It's brought to you by Craft Treats. Go to crafttreats.com. Your pet can chill out, even during storms, even during those July the 4th fireworks that my wife got so mad at me for shooting off and upsetting my dog. But the dog wasn't as bad because we gave him the Craft Treats CBD treats that will help cool your dog out just chill out especially during car rides like and subscribe to this video if you like chris landry and maybe you like me a little bit we would appreciate that again like and subscribe and you will get sneak peeks that you're going to get days before everybody else all right chris um i want to talk about lane kiffin he rolls into sec media days on uh, the first day again go to crafttreats.com so Lane has a dog. I am going to offer him some craft treats. Um, But Lane himself seems a lot more chill than he used to be. Um, He seems to have, I don't know what you hear from other coaches, but that's why I ask is he, he seems to be more comfortable in his own skin. Whereas I always thought dealing with him, even though he and I got along great, that he was he had some he, he he had some social anxieties in terms of being around other people. How much do you think he's changed as a person over the past fifteen years? Well, I think he's changed a good bit. I think we tend to and it's not an excuse um he got the the old saying you know um uh, there's a lot of belief that you know the old born on third base and I think he hit a triple. It was with Lane. Uh, a lot of it was he. A lot of success came to him early. His dad, who I love and good friends with, is great legendary coach. 
Lane got opportunities early. He was bright. He learned. But he was kind of of that new age to where, you know, paying dues and whatever. He was, you know, had the the glamour were a lot like his dad in his, in that era, you wanted to be a coach because you love to teach and the money and all came later. Now I think what happens with a lot of younger guys, and I don't want to sound like the get off my, my lawn guy, but it is more of they're attracted to the lifestyle of I'm on TV all the time and I'm making big money. And I, and I like football lane was someone that you're right. He was a little bit, socially anxious but i think he was a little immature too i think he he liked the football stuff but he liked the success and i think he had a lot of it early and you know i think a lot of it was thrown off by you know the he got up and he and he was known for hiring really young guys that were maybe unproven but al davis hired him and that didn't go well and a lot of people threw that off to well, it's Al Davis and he's kooky and all those things are true, but, but Lane was a little immature. And I think what's happened now, I think um, his dream job was USC. It was a flop. The program didn't have any discipline. He was only interested in football and play calling, and he didn't understand how to be a CEO of an organization. And he flopped. He failed. Um, he got welcomed in by Nick Saban. Couldn't be two better, two different, uh, better examples of two different personalities than Lane and Nick. Admired Nick, liked a lot of that, but hated a lot of the way it was done. And, you know, he didn't believe he goes and he does his own thing, but he puts his own touch and his own personality on his program. Um, certainly not Ole Miss and, and, and uh, at FAU. So, but, but, uh, he learned a lot of the, the CEO and the mature concepts that I think, quite frankly, he lacked even when he got the job at Tennessee. Uh, I think I think the, the maturity is set in, and I think in some ways he's been humbled a little bit. I think he's he is a self-deprecating guy. He does that a lot more than he ever did back, back when you were referring to him. He's, I think he is a little more confident. He's had some success, whereas I think he was always out to prove something and maybe was a little guarded. Now, maybe not so much. Yeah, uh, you know, along those lines, um, he he is a guy that Nick Saban trusted to revamp his offense, and that's not something that Nick Saban does flippantly. Um, where do you – that being said, I mean, that's quite an endorsement. As far as Lane Kiffin and his ability to call offenses and prepare offenses – where does where does that rank among the best coaches in in the nation? He's exceptional. And let me let me tell you, um, there's this thing in, in how it played out. Remember when Lane got fired on the tarmac? So he was there was a football season, and half that football season Lane was was out. And he was collecting his money, and he wasn't doing much. Because um, I had talked with Nick um, about him and. Nick had brought him in towards the end of the season as a consultant. Just come in, and, and a lot of people do this, by the way. Come in, see how we do things, and get some thoughts. And that literally will kind of put them to work by for free. Meaning, you come in, 
and we'll carve out some time to meet with them, observe things, tell us what you think about our program, about our offense or whatnot. There's this belief that Nick Saban brought in Lane Kiffin and said, Lane, I want you to run your offense here. That is not what happened. Okay. Nick Saban came in and said, I want to run this certain style of offense. That is the offense that Lane runs now is not the offense he ran at USC. It's not the offense. Remember the it's not his. That is what is most impressive. And folks, this is what a really a good coach is all about. Don't tell me about a coach's, you know, bringing in his offense, his scheme. Schemes don't win consistently. It's a coach's ability to take a style, take a scheme, modify it, change it, because they're constantly changing on defense to match you, and it's your ability to match wits and adjust. It's why Lane, for example, is, I think, quite a bit better coach than, say, Mike Leach. Mike Leach doesn't know how to change. He knows his one way. Lane took the offense that he learned from other people and he put that and said, because remember Nick Saban, we got to do this on offense because if they're not going to call this RPO stuff and the blocking downfield in college, and remember he complained about that, it's not good for football. And he doesn't think it's good for football, but we need to start doing some of that if that's what they're going to do. Lane didn't run that offense. Lane learned that offense and implemented that offense and has run it you know, since his Alabama days and at um, FAU, and now at Ole Miss, and he's modified a little bit. And a lot of the people that he's brought in, like the tempo that he runs, that was all Jeff Levy, who came from Art Browse, Art Browse background. So I am really impressed, as much as certain things about Lane, it's not always impressed me from a maturity standpoint. He's very bright. And he can learn and study and adapt because, again, he basically he didn't invent this offense. He took the the offense that Nick wanted and said, "You need to show me during this time that he was kind of visiting and just observing." He gave him some assignments. Nick did on the study these things. These are some concepts and come to me how you would do it. And it was based on that he said. I'll hire you. Now it was a personality struggle and getting him laying to be on time for meetings and all that was, you know, uh, he, 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 he challenged Nick and Nick had to strike the whip and probably on the sidelines just blew up me too much in front of the cameras, but it was a perfect marriage of football. It was not a perfect marriage of convenience and personalities. So you're you're telling me that Lane learned as much from Alabama as maybe he knew going in, and that's what helped him become an elite offensive coach. Yeah, I, well, Lane learned more about organization, discipline, okay, how to put together a strength program. Nick Saban didn't tell Lane run our Alabama offense. Nick Saban said our offense needs to change. I want to do some of the things that will be done in the RPO stuff and all that. These are not things Lane was running at USC. 
It was right. very pro style and everything. But that to me is Lane was very good as a play caller. Very good as running that style of offense at USC when he was an assistant under Pete Carroll. And, you know, to go and learn a different style and to put different things, he learned that Lane was really good at adapting, which is that was the test, so to speak. It was like an internship, if you will, a two-month internship. You realize that this person is very, very good, is adaptable. I want this is the type of person that can implement it because what was going to be implemented at Alabama was something that they had not been doing. And it was not something Lane was doing. But Nick didn't want somebody to come in and bring in an offense that is a style because a style and a scheme doesn't last unless you can adapt and adjust that scheme. He learned that Lane was very adaptable because Lane went and took things from different offenses that Nick liked and Lane liked and brought it to Nick and said, this is what I think. And Nick was very comfortable with how Lane was able to quickly adjust that to the point where he hired him as a coordinator at the end of that little stint. And, of course, the rest is history. We kind of know what's happened back. But that's the backstory of how it's done. And, listen, if he doesn't get fired on the tarmac, he's coaching at USC all season long. Marriage probably doesn't happen because there's probably not enough time. He was doing that for almost half a season, Dave. Maybe not quite half the season, but almost half a season. He was fired midway through the season. Timing's everything. And, and, And this is, again, it's about Lane, but. That's the beauty of a Nick Saban to recognize in the middle of a season, you know, and, and again, who was Lane's agent is Lane's agent, Jimmy Sexton. Right. Okay. So that's the connection. And, and those are the, it got them together and, you know, look, it'll help Lane. I don't know that Nick felt this was going to be this Shangri-La and it was going to work. It was Something that Lane wasn't going to mess anything up at Alabama. I mean, it was in control. He was just, just he wasn't talking to the coach. He was just observing. So he gets to learn, but Nick benefits. Boom. Um, it, it it timings everything. But being able to to say, yeah, let's do that and let's try that. He's done that along. We we know the Butch Jones coming in. I mean, he's brought in a lot of those guys. Sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't. But timing's everything. If he doesn't have a half a season to prove himself, probably doesn't get that job, and who knows what happens. I mean, Alabama's going to still be successful, but, you know, Lane had a big part of the change. I mean, Nick would have found somebody else that could have done that, I'm certain, because of how he does it. Lane, I don't know. Does Lane get back quick enough to where he can – flip his career around and at least go to the FAU situation. I don't know. Maybe he's not where he is at Ole Miss. I think Lane benefited more than Nick did, but Lane contributed an awful lot as a coordinator. I just think that other people have been successful as a coordinator for Nick as well, but Lane was was really successful there. Our talk talk brought to you today by Craft Treats. Again, for your pet, uh, whether it's situational anxiety, you can click on the link that is attached. You can get a discount, uh, whatever the anxiety might be. Or also, you know, you get to the point where your dog's getting a little bit older, has arthritis, mine's having trouble getting up on the bed, which is sad. So 
uh, we're able to help them out with some CBD craft treats for your pet. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but based off what you just said, it sounds like Lane Kiffin, and I get asked this all the time, where would Tennessee be had he stayed? First of all, we're pushing 15 years. Nobody stays anywhere for 15 years. Um, but, I mean, had he, sounds like he would have missed out on a, an awful lot of football and life lessons that made him the coach he is today. So I'm not sure it would have worked out at Tennessee. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, you know, people tend to look at the result. Okay, he's good now. He's successful. He could have done that here. Timing's everything, as we just talked about. When when Lane got the job at Tennessee, I thought he was way too immature at that point. And the immediate success in recruiting and on the field was, was not sustainable the way he did it. Because, again, he was several recruiting violations that I think would have buried him in the program had he stayed. He was not real organized. He was... I'm an offensive genius. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to hand this to that's what happened to him at USC. What happened to him at USC would have happened to him at Tennessee. Had he stayed the lack of organizational skills, the lack of discipline lane is an artist. He's not a, a, an engineer. Nick is an engineer. Everything's in place. He's got to work. Lane is a, the spirit moves me. I'm going to do this. Well, the spirit doesn't move you. you. You better be organized and make sure that you're prepared for all of that. He was not that. And the, the, the other thing is you got to remember, Tennessee fans will always look at it as he left them because he did. But the USC job was his dream job. And if the it had nothing to do with leaving Tennessee, that just happened to be where he was. If the USC at any point the USC job would have opened up while he was at Tennessee, while he was with the Raiders, while he, he could have been at LSU, he could have been at Alabama, he would have left to go to USC. That was his dream job. Um, so if it was, it just the timing was bad because he spent one year at Tennessee and it looked bad and it felt bad and it felt hurt. But what you saw at USC with lane is what you would have saw at Tennessee with lane. It would not have worked. Um, if, if, and it's not going to happen, but if USC offered him the job today, he'd leave tomorrow. I mean, you know, lane tried to get in on the LSU job. He tried to get in on the Florida job. He never even got to, not even got a call. He told he was very interested in Miami. Miami considered it, but they preferred crystal ball. And he was interested in Oregon. So he, the other thing would have been, he would have probably, if it not had been for USC, I think people think, well, he would have been great. He'd have been at Tennessee. I, I don't think that maturity period, I think the failures at USC humbled him to where he got, the, the background with Saban at Alabama and he contributed a lot, but learned a lot, I think is the reason why he's come full circle. We're a product of our experiences. Had he not had those experiences, I don't think he would have had any more success at Tennessee long-term than he would have at USC. He'd have a much better job of being successful at Tennessee if he would go back to Tennessee. And I'm not suggesting that that would ever happen. I'm just saying just in terms of he knows more, He's better skilled, 
And I think Lane is in a better position maturity-wise, experience level-wise, to be successful wherever he is, and it is at Ole Miss now. But he also knows there's a ceiling at Ole Miss. I think probably Lane's immaturity would have, if he'd have been at Tennessee, it would have had problems in recruiting, and I think he would have jumped ship before it got really bad for him, and I think Tennessee would have been left to deal with the problem. And you say, well, that's what happened anyway. It's correct. It's just he might have been there five years, three years, and there would have been further NCAA violations, thanks to Lane and his buddy Ed Oiseron, that were major, major issues that would have gotten Tennessee probably in further difficulty. Uh, Now, eh, you know, I don't know. Things are more lax. The NCAA is, is, you know, maybe you can get away with it more. But back then, I think he was headed towards problems. But people think the one-year success and the recruiting that had he been there, it had been really good. And, man, we'd have never gone through those coaching changes. You're right. And and it, it it wouldn't have maybe been as bad to go through coach after coach after coach, but I don't think it would have been much better if at all had Stain Lane stayed there. I mean, I think it probably would have been better. It'd been better than going through Dooley and all of that. But I think it would have it would have gone up a little, and boy, it would have begun to. I don't think it would have been a hard crash. I think it would have been a slow dissension of like a plane running out of gas, and they're you know, 10 miles from the nearest runway, they would have had to land somewhere and he would, he would have, he would have parachuted out and Tennessee would have had to deal with it. So I, I that's kind of how I think it would have played out personally. We'll never know. That is, right? so, that is so interesting. That is so interesting. Um, man, Chris, awesome stuff as always go to landcreefball.com. I'd never thought about it in those terms that half season. That is, that's phenomenal. Well, we'll see if he's, we know he's going to be at SEC Media Days 2022. We don't know if he'll be at 2023 because he might just have his eye on another job like the ones you mentioned. But for Chris Landry, I'm Dave Hooker. Again, brought to you by Craft Treats. They have the CBD cannabinoid dog treats and pet treats that will help your pet chill. That's what you want, just chill. So... That, again, is uh, Craft Treats. Go to crafttreats.com attached to this YouTube video where we want you to subscribe and uh, like. We certainly appreciate that. You will find a a link that you will get a 15% off code just for clicking on it. They don't even need a code. It's Dave Hooker for Chris Landry. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.